Well, good evening, everyone. Good evening. It is Romans chapter 12, where we want to begin in just a moment. And right now would be an opportune time for you to get those Bibles opened or get those electronic devices fired up, get the Bible app working, and let's get ready to spend these next few minutes together in the Word of God. Romans chapter 12 is going to be our starting point. It is great to see everybody who is out tonight. We've got just a good number once again. I hope and trust that you've had a had a good afternoon, a pleasant afternoon. Maybe you were able to catch up on some sleep that you purposely deprived yourself of the previous night before by staying up and watching that ball drop. But uh, I hope maybe you had a good afternoon, whether you got a nap or whether you didn't. And I hope that your uh, full attention is here for just these next few minutes as we're able to look into the Word of God and talk about some things that hopefully will help us in our daily walks with Him. I want to get right to it and not, not waste a lot of time here at the beginning. In Romans chapter 12... I'm reading here those first two verses at the top of the chapter that are very, very familiar to us. In Romans 12 and in verse 1, Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I want to think a little bit about that transformation that Paul talks about there in verse 2. Being transformed. Everybody has probably seen some of those before and after pictures that they often show in advertisements for diet and weight loss kinds of programs. You know the kind of thing that I'm talking about? You know, here's a picture of, here's Joe. Joe used to weigh... 500 pounds, he just had a real unhealthy lifestyle, and he was really, really just not in good shape physically. But then after six weeks of taking the Fat Burner Pro 2000 diet pill, he's lost hundreds of pounds, and now he's mean and lean and 180 pounds, and he's living life to the fullest. And we see those kinds of advertisements, and they're, they're really actually kind of persuasive. There's something that jumps out at the screen about that, seeing those before and after photos, because what they help us to see is they help us to see what is possible. They cause us to think about our own selves and think, wow, this is where I am over here, and that's where I could be. Wow, hmm, honey, where's the credit card? I'll order some of those diet pills. There's just something inherently powerful in the image of seeing a before and an after where we're able to see with our own eyes what transformation looks like. Well, this evening I want to tell you that I wish very, very much that I could take a picture of spiritual transformation. Wouldn't that be great? Where you could just see it with your own eyes, a before and an after of spiritual transformation. You know, here's Susie. Susie was a lousy Christian. She smoked illegal drugs. She cursed like a sailor. She missed most of the worship services. And she was mean to puppy dogs on top of all of that. But then after six weeks of reading in the His Story Bible reading plan, Susie is now an excellent Christian. Susie comes to church every single time. She never ever sins. And actually she's thinking of marrying a missionary over in Mongolia now to try and convert the world. Well, that'd just be great, wouldn't it, to see that kind of spiritual before and after photos. If I could show, I think if I could show those kinds of before and after pictures, I think everybody, they'd be all over that daily Bible reading. They'd say, hey, give me one of those Bible reading schedules. I want one of those things. I want to be able to do what that person did. 
truth of the matter is, Bible reading, daily Bible reading, it can have that kind of transformational effect on our lives if we will allow it. In fact, I believe that of all the tools that God has given us to be transformed, I believe that daily Bible reading just might very well be one of the most important. However, I should tell you, I'm not going to be able to stand up here and show you some kind of before and after picture of what you will look like if you read your Bible every day in 2017. I can't do that. Because spiritual transformation, spiritual growth, spiritual development, the changes that occur in that process, the changes that cause us to draw closer to the Lord, to be more like Christ, to serve God better every day, those kinds of changes happen where? Those kinds of changes happen on the inside. That's an inner man kind of thing. You can't snap a picture of that and be able to look at it with your physical eyes. Which means then, if we're going to be serious about the discipline of daily Bible reading, then we're going to have to believe. We're going to have to believe that those changes are possible and that those changes are in fact occurring even if I can't physically see it with my own eyes. That even if nobody at church comes up to me and says, Wow, something's really different about you. What have you been doing over the last six weeks? You've just really developed into a super Christian here recently. Even if people cannot see those kinds of big, glaring, obvious changes, we have to believe that daily Bible reading, that it has the power and that in fact it is building and operating deeply in our lives and that it is making a difference. And this evening... I want to help us to be just absolutely convinced of that. Even in the absence of having a before and after photo to actually show you, I want to convince you that that kind of transformation can and will take place. For those of you that have been here at Lakeside for any number of years now, you have probably grown accustomed to the fact that at the beginning of January, Josh Josh is going to preach something about Bible reading. I'm very, very passionate about that. It's something that I've just grown to love in the last few years of my life. And I try to have some of that passion rub off on others. And of course, at the beginning of the year, that's an opportune time to talk about Bible reading. I talk about Bible reading at other times throughout the year. But in January, I do try to give that some particular emphasis. And that's always because of our congregational Bible reading plans. And, well, I'm not seeing what I'm supposed to have up there. It was supposed to be a picture of of this of the Bible reading plan that we're going to be using this year. This is our fourth different Bible reading plan in as many years. And this year's reading plan will take us on a really unique journey. It's going to take us on a journey throughout the Old Testament, particularly it's going to take us on a journey with the nation of Israel. We will begin with the story of the Exodus. We'll wander for a little while in the wilderness. We'll eventually march into the promised land as we watch God working through His chosen people, the Israelites. We'll cover the period of the judges. We'll go through the united kingdom, the divided kingdom, the captivities, and then the return from captivity. All of which is going to help to point us and lead us to the sending of the Messiah, the Christ, the fulfillment of God's eternal plan. So this evening, yes, I am going to push this particular Bible reading plan, which is available on the table in the foyer. If you've not picked one up already, do that tonight before you leave. But I want you to know, you don't have to follow this plan. 
You may have already made some decisions about how you were going to approach the reading of the Bible in this year and, and you're going to stick with that and that's okay. That's totally fine. I'm not trying to say you have to do this in order to be in good standing as a member here at Lakeside. Really, the issue is not so much a particular plan so much as it is just being regularly, consistently reading in the Word of God the kind of thing that does indeed have the power to transform our lives. And this evening, I do want to share with you just three ideas, three things. This is not going to be an exhaustive list by any means whatsoever. But three things that you can and you will experience from spending time regularly in God's Word. And that all begins with this very first idea. That when you read your Bible regularly, you will experience a continual focus upon the Lord. Let's just go ahead and maybe get a little preview of the His Story reading plan. Look with me in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy chapter 8. In Deuteronomy chapter 8... This is Moses' charge to Israel before they were about to enter into the promised land. He wants to give them this retelling of the law. And he says to them in Deuteronomy chapter 8, beginning in verse 11. In Deuteronomy 8 and verse 11, Take care, lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping His commandments and His rules and His statutes which I command you today, Last, when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and you live in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. I'll tell you, that passage, that passage has some reality to it. That is a reality that I'm afraid that many of us, we know all too well. Moses describes their busy lives, full of so many other things going on. And we can relate to that, can't we? We busy our lives with our jobs, with tending to our houses, with our kids, just all the stuff that's part of day-to-day living. And you know what? It doesn't take very long when we're so consumed with all of that stuff. It doesn't take long before God tends to kind of slowly but surely kind of slip out of the picture. In fact, he's not even at the forefront of our thoughts and our thinking anymore. And you know what? If that kind of gradual progression, if it continues long enough, then best case scenario is we become a mediocre Christian. And worst case scenario is we end up being conformed back to the world. When we just get caught up in the grind of day-to-day living, it is so easy to forget the Lord. But can I ask you, what happens whenever I read my Bible? What happens when I sit down and spend a few minutes reading God's Word? Well, when I read my Bible, I am forced to focus on the Lord. I am focusing on what God does, on who God is. I am focusing on God's majesty, on God's power, on God's plans and purposes, on God's kingdom. When I read my Bible, I begin to realize... That what's most important in life is not so much this moment right now, but it's eternity where God is and what God is all about. When I read my Bible, my priorities, they're they're just challenged and they're pushed to their limit. Because instead of the emphasis in the Bible being on work and school and play and hobbies and even family, what's the emphasis of the Bible? The emphasis of the Bible is God. It's all about God. It is His Story. And let's be honest. 
You're not going to get that right there. You're not going to get that kind of focus on the Lord anywhere else in this world. Does the daily newspaper or does maybe the dailynews.com, does that do much to center your mind on the Lord? Probably not. Does Facebook, those of you that are social media folks, does Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, does that do much? Does that major a whole lot in attention and focus on the Lord? Is that what that's all about? No, it's, it's Facebook, my face. It's about me. It's not about God. Does the programming on television or even on YouTube, does that cause you and prompt you to want to remember the Lord and to think about the Lord? No. But this book, this book, that's just what it majors in. This book's primary function is to bring you into the presence of God, to hear His voice and to think His thoughts. And I want to stress right here, that the number one goal that we ought to have in daily Bible reading is this right here. To just know God better. Sometimes I'm afraid that we reduce Bible reading to, well, I need to get in there today and see if I can find me a verse in there that'll, that'll help me out. I need to find something there that'll really encourage me. I need to pick me up right now. I need a boost in there. So let me see if I can find a verse in there that'll really help me. And I want to say, there's something to be said for that. There's a place for that. I'm not saying that we can't ever go to the Bible to find something for ourselves. But we do not primarily go to the Bible for ourselves. We go to the Bible to focus on God. Can I show you that? Look in Daniel chapter 11. In Daniel the 11th chapter, in these amazing prophecies that Daniel gives of some events that were going to happen in the time between the Testaments, between Malachi and Matthew... Daniel says this in Daniel 11 and in verse 32. In Daniel 11 and verse 32, he says that he shall seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant. Notice this, talking here about God's people. But the people who know their God, they shall stand firm and take action. That's it. I want to know my God. Because once I then know God, then, then I will know the right thing to do. Once I know the Lord, Daniel 11.32, then I can stand firm and take action. And that is why every day that I open up God's Word, when I read the Bible, I need to be continually provoked to focus on the Lord. Who is He? What does He want? What does He like? What does He hate? What does He bless? What does He forbid? It is about God first. Secondly, though, when you are involved in daily Bible reading, I would tell you, secondly, that you will experience a stronger defense against sin and against temptation. Would you find Matthew, the fourth chapter, please? In Matthew chapter 4, I kind of just quickly made reference to this event in this morning's sermon. But I want us to actually read it now. In Matthew chapter 4, this is the temptations of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. Matthew 4 verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Jesus answered, It is written. 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Verse 5. Then the devil took him up to the holy city, set him up on the pinnacle of the temple, and he said to him, If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. Then the devil, actually, the devil gets in on this business of quoting Scripture to him. Verse 7. Jesus says to him, Again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Verse 8. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kings of the world and their glory, said to him, I'll give you all of these if you'll fall down and worship me. Verse 10. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only shall you serve. What a powerful template that is. For what I need to do, what I need to be, whenever I am being bombarded by the attacks of the devil. And let's be honest, that's just all the time. In every facet of life, in every place that I go, in everything that I'm doing, the devil is always trying to attack. And what weapon could we possibly have that would be more effective in thwarting off the enemy's attacks, the temptations of the devil, than the one that Jesus employs in this passage? The sword of the Spirit, the living Word of God. And that's why whenever we are reading our Bible regularly, and we are coming to know the Lord more fully... What is happening is we are being powerfully equipped. We're being powerfully equipped to defeat sin and temptation. And I'll just be honest with you. I thought about this a little bit. I just believe it would be pretty hard to be involved in sin when you're quoting Scripture. I just think that would be really hard to do. And yes, I am sure somebody probably come to me after service and say, well, Josh, I think I maybe know of somebody who did that once and they were blaspheming God and using Scripture in an inappropriate way. And I guess that that's possibly so. But you know what? At the end of the day, generally speaking, sin and the Bible, Scripture, quoting, those two things just don't mix. It's just oil and water there. I think of what the psalmist says in Psalm 119, verse 11. Your word have I stored up in my heart. Why? so that I might not sin against thee. The Word of God in my heart, that arms me against temptation. I want to remind you though, as we talk about this idea here, I want to remind you that it's not just about, as we open up our Bibles, it's not just about finding a specific verse that's going to deal with my particular area of weakness or my particular temptation that I'm facing today. It's not about, oh no, today... I'm afraid that I'm going to be tempted to get drunk. I'm afraid that I'm going to be tempted to steal. So I need to get in the Bible today and I need to find a verse about drunkenness. I need to find a verse about stealing. No, that's that's not what it's about. When we approach the Bible in that kind of way, what happens is, is we end up treating the Bible kind of almost like a lottery drawing. Think about it. There are 31,102 verses in the Bible. What are the chances... That today's reading, whichever day I find myself on, what's the chances that today's reading is going to bring me to the exact verse that I need to address the exact temptation that I'm about to face? And the chances of that are pretty slim. Truth of the matter is, that's not the point of daily Bible reading though. The point of Bible reading is to be brought into the presence of God. That's what we just talked about in the very first point. And when I am in the presence of God, even if I haven't read a specific verse about the specific temptation that I am facing, I still am being strengthened because I'm focusing on God. I'm focusing on Him. I'm focusing on His things. I'm getting God's view. I'm getting God's thoughts. I'm getting God's perspective. I don't have to find the verse on anger in order to deal with anger. 
I don't have to find the verse on lying in order to address the temptation of lying. That could help. Be great. Maybe if I do find that verse. But you know what? If today's Bible reading, if all it does is simply help me to focus my mind on the Lord, then that's what I need. I just need to focus on the Lord more. Because when I'm thinking God's thoughts, when I'm thinking those long thoughts about eternity, when I am concerned about God's verdict on my life and how I'm living, what is God going to say about what I'm doing? That has a motivating effect on us. You know, really, do you need to read a verse on drunkenness? Or do you really need to read a verse on stealing to know how God feels about that? I know that I don't. You know, as you read through the Scriptures, what happens is, is you end up catching the flavor of God. You understand some things, little by little. Some say, understand some things about His holiness. You understand things about His righteousness. You understand how God hates all sin. You know, honestly, let's think about it. There's not a verse in the Bible that says, Thou shalt not view internet pornography. But does anybody have any doubt where God stands on that? No. I don't have any doubts about that, and neither do you. Because when you read your Bible... You come to know the Lord. And that knowledge, that knowledge comes to arm you against temptation. You see, once again, it's just all about Him. It's all about His story. Finally then this evening, let me tell you that if you will involve yourself in daily Bible reading, one of the very most wonderful things that you will experience, you will experience God's glorious providence. Would you look in Acts the 8th chapter with me please? In Acts chapter 8, here we find this wonderful and well-known story of the conversion of the man that we've come to know as the Ethiopian eunuch. Acts 8 begins by telling us not about the eunuch, but actually about Philip. In Acts chapter 8, read with me there in verse 27, talking about Philip. In Acts 8, 27, it says that Philip, he rose and he went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship. Here's this guy who's going down the road. He's just reading his Bible, his copy of the Old Testament Scripture. He's reading arguably the most famous and most powerful of all of the Messianic prophecies, Isaiah chapter 53. And what do you know? He's kind of got some questions about what he's reading, but right there on the very next corner, what does he find? There's a preacher there. There's a preacher standing there. How in the world did that happen? I'll tell you how that happened. That happened because God made it happen. God wanted that to happen. And so God moved some people and some situations and some circumstances so that that would happen. And I am convinced that God does that kind of thing just all of the time. Now, he may not do it in exactly the way that we read about here in Acts chapter 8. God has the Spirit to actually speak to Philip. Philip hears this voice and tells him what to do next. But I am fully persuaded that God is working providentially in this world. God causes things to happen in answer to prayer. God is active and alive in the affairs of this world even when we don't see it. God moves and works within His providence to bring men and women to Him. And that is what God does, and I'll just say as well, God is very, very good at that. God is very, very good at that. Have you ever had the experience of maybe sitting in an assembly on a, on like a Sunday morning, and you just, 
you just get this feeling as the preacher is preaching. You get this feeling like the sermon that he's preaching is just directed right at you. That feeling that maybe, was the preacher in my house last week? While we were going about our daily... Was he hiding behind the sofa? And he was eavesdropping on everything that was going on in our house? That's what people, I think, think preachers do sometimes. They come up and say, How did you know that I needed to hear that today? They figure maybe we're just inside their houses and we're hiding behind the sofa. That's not what we do. That's just silly. However, some of you do need to sweep and vacuum behind your sofa. It's kind of dirty back there. No. The preacher's not doing that. Preacher's not hiding behind your sofa. We're not eavesdropping, trying to figure out all the details of your life. But sometimes what happens is, is we come into this place, and God in His providence, He provides exactly what we needed out of this pulpit. And what I'm saying to you is that just as God can do that in this structure, in a preaching setting, God is able and He is willing to do that very same kind of thing through your personal reading of the Word. And more often than not, what you will find is that God knows exactly what you need in your life at that moment so that you can serve Him and serve Him better. That what you're reading about just so happens to describe perfectly a situation that you're dealing with at the office. That what you're reading about today is exactly addressing the things that are going on in your marriage. That what you're reading about today, it plums precisely with a conversation, a religious conversation, I was just having with my neighbor a couple of days ago. God's Word being used, being read on a regular basis, it provides the opportunity for God's providence to go to work and to do that in your life. Maybe God does that in a number of different ways. Maybe it's by bringing your attention to a passage, maybe over here in the Old Testament, that you've never even read before. You've never even read the book of Zephaniah or Micah. And all of a sudden you're in there one day and what do you know? There's some stuff in there that really helps me. Or maybe it's actually reading a passage that you've read a million times before. You've heard it a million times before. You're fully familiar with it. But on that day, on that day reading that verse just resonated with you in a way that it had never resonated before. You see, you read God's Word regularly and you'll just be surprised. And how often God uses the Scriptures to get you what you need so that you can, Romans 12 verse 2, be transformed. But I do need to say this. If you get busy with all of the stuff that life throws your way, you get busy with all kinds of other things. i got to make sure I binge watch all those episodes of that show on Netflix. got to burn through that, so that's going to take a couple of days. Or maybe you're running and going here and there, just, just so much traveling and all that going on. Or maybe you get home from a long day at work and you're just too tired, you just can't read the Bible today. Just don't, don't, just, just don't really feeling up to that. Let me tell you, if you don't read your Bible regularly, then you're going to miss out on all of that. You're going to miss that. You're going to miss all of those opportunities. You're going to miss all of those lessons. You're going to miss those light bulb moments that God has providentially placed there for you. And as a result, You won't be transformed. But tonight, with these three simple ideas, I hope that you have been encouraged to make Bible reading, to make it not just some meaningless resolution, because we've all got to make a resolution here on January 1, no. Instead, I hope that you have decided that you want to make Bible reading a necessary fixture in your walk with God 
so that you can be transformed by the renewal of your mind. I'll just reiterate what I said at the beginning of the lesson. I really wish that I could provide a before and after picture of a spiritual transformation. I really wish that I could do that. I think that that would really be wonderful. But can you can you maybe use your imagination for a second? What if you could take such a picture? What if I could take a picture today on January 1st? What if I could take a picture of your heart? What if I could take a picture of your soul today? That's going to be the before photo. And then 52 weeks from now, on December the 31st, we took another picture. What would that picture look like then? After a year, what will that picture of your heart and your soul look like? Is it going to be weaker? Is it going to be kind of emaciated? Is it going to look really just unhealthy and poor and looks like it's just going to die at any moment? Or, after 12 months of consistent, regular reading of God's Word, would we see a heart that is stronger and more vibrant and more robust and ready to serve God at higher levels than ever before? If you want to make sure that you are not conformed to this world, but instead being transformed by the renewal of your mind, then this evening the message I am submitting to you is that daily Bible reading is something that will help you to reach that goal. Now I always like to say just a couple of quick words about what's on tap here in the coming year related to our Bible reading program. Again, you'll find these available in the uh, for you. I noticed that several people had already picked some up this morning. If you decide that you want more than one, maybe you've got friends or neighbors or loved ones that you think they'd benefit from this and they'd want to be involved in reading the Bible, grab some more. It's okay. You don't have to apologize. You don't have to ask my permission. We print these in-house so I can always print more if we run out. That'd be a great thing to happen. Secondly, did I notice you've got a bulletin over here? Let me see the bulletin. On the back page of the bulletin, you noticed this morning, brand new beginning of the year, there'll be a running commentary. Uh, regarding that week's reading of the five chapters that we'll be reading. Just some short thoughts, but some things that might help and aid and assist you in your reading of the Scriptures week to week. In addition, I will preach some lessons throughout the year that will be related to things that we've read in the, in the previous week or maybe things that are coming up in the next week. In fact, two weeks from now, I'm going to preach on the ten plagues. We're going to be reading about the ten plagues of Egypt here within the next couple of weeks. And I want to talk about that and what we can learn from that as well. One other thing, kind of an interesting and kind of a fun note. If you've got the Lakeside app downloaded on your phone or on your device, there's an added bonus feature this year. The Bible reading schedule is available on the app just as it is every year so you can know what passages to read. So you click on the particular week that we're reading. This year the added bonus is you can actually click on the chapter itself and it'll end up taking you to the actual Bible itself. So if you're sitting in the doctor's office or you're stuck in a traffic jam... Just pull the Bible up and just read it right there. And actually, if you're in your car, that's probably not the best time to be reading while you're driving. However, you can hit the play button and... These are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt. It'll read it to you. And that's not my voice. I don't know whose voice that is. But if you like reading the Bible in that way, try to just do everything that we possibly can to make the reading of God's Word more convenient, more accessible, and make it more desirable in your life. Like I said at the beginning of the lesson, I've just grown a great passion for the reading of God's Word. I've seen how it has enriched my life here in the last few years, and I hope that that same kind of passion is building and formulating in your life so that we will be transformed 
by the reading of God's Word. If you get your songbook out, if you're using a songbook and be ready to sing the song that's been selected, it is appropriate that we've talked about this idea of transformation. Because when it comes to the invitation of Jesus Christ and what God is offering in salvation, that's exactly what He wants to do. He wants to transform you. He wants to transform you from this to something completely different over here. This evening in the Bible drill with the kids, we talked about these verses from Romans 12, 1 and 2. And we used the illustration of metamorphosis, of the caterpillar becoming the butterfly. And that is the idea there in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Changing into something entirely new, something that is more beautiful, something that is more awesome to behold and a spectacle to see. We talk about the idea of becoming a Christian. God wants to make you into something beautiful and wonderful. He wants to make you His child. And then even after making you His child, He wants to develop you and grow within you so that you will develop the character of His Son, Jesus the Christ. If you're not a Christian this evening, all things are ready for you to become a Christian tonight. You'll confess your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord tonight. We will baptize you for the remission of your sins. Water is back there. Garments are back there. People are ready to assist and help and make that a reality even tonight. You'll come up out of that water a new person, a new creation, a Christian. If you are a child of God, brother or sister, it may very well be that that transformation, uh, maybe that process has gotten halted somewhere along the way. You've not been developing and growing and transforming into what you should be as one of God's children. You, you need to do better. You need to repent. You need to resolve to, to, to commit yourself to wholehearted service and give Him everything that you have so that you can be molded into the image of His perfect Son. Whoever you are and whatever your need may be, we stand ready to assist you if you would just make your wishes known. You can do that right now by coming to the front while we stand and while we sing.